How you doing everybody out there? Welcome back to the Bible Truth podcast. Something has been on my mind of late. The other day I was listening to the book of Corinthians and Paul mentions a few things that got me thinking about something that's been taught in the church for a while. In fact, it's something that's considered heavy doctrine. Heavy doctrine. I mean, it's been preached over the pulpit and it got people messed up a little bit and that's what we're going to deal with today. Obviously, by the title, you can tell that we're talking about soul ties. Now, you know here on the Bible Truth podcast, we're all about what the Bible says and we're going to look at what the Bible says about soul ties and we're going to talk about it. But before we get into all that, just want to remind you, read Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6 and chapter 7 every day. It's helpful because those are foundational truths to being a true disciple of Jesus Christ. And I've got to throw this out there. Read your Bible. Read your Bible and pray every day. Listen to me. believer listen to me disciple of christ this world is not our home we're passing through we are aliens here strangers pilgrims we don't belong here so don't set your anchor in this world keep moving forward when things get hard just keep moving forward gaze your soul on christ as he leads us home keep moving forward don't turn back don't give up don't stop don't sit anchor and not only when things get hard but when things get good for you sometimes you know life just goes well and you're on an up and everything is working out for you don't stop don't set anchor keep moving let nothing distract you let nothing deter you let nothing take you away from your journey home gaze your soul on Christ and Christ alone and he will lead us home amen and amen this is not our home the teaching on soul ties is something that's been in the church for a minute and basically what the teaching on soul ties is if you commit fornication or adultery fornication is engaging in the act of sexual intimacy without being legally married god has set governments over us to help us to guide us in terms of preserving laws and if you are not legally married according to the government and according to scripture legally and you engage in premarital sex it is considered fornication if you are in a marriage and you are legally married now this is i i just need to just say this okay this is not a debate on cultural marriages and what if i'm from an ancient indian tribe or what if i'm from some every culture every country every people has a way to officiate and legalize marriage within that culture you understand so if you're living in the amazon jungle out there somewhere and you have no contact with the laws of the government of that area or whatever whatever your culture 
stipulates is a legal standard for marriage, then that's marriage. All right, so let's not debate. Let's not have people emailing me, asking me, oh, but what if you're married like this? Whatever is legal, whatever is stipulated as legal where you're at, that is a legal marriage. Now, if you are legally married, a marriage that is blessed and recognized by whoever is the authority above you, if you are legally married and you engage in a sexual affair with someone other than your partner, it is called adultery. If you are engaged in premarital sex, you're living together and you're not married, you're not legally married, it's called fornication. So the idea of a soul tie is that when you commit fornication, when you are intimate with somebody who is not your wife, what happens is because of that act of intimacy, your soul is bound with theirs. And then they go on to further say that whatever demons they have in their life are then transferred onto you because of the soul connection that you have made. And whatever curses they have in their life are then transferred onto you. Whatever sin issues they deal with, whatever strongholds that are in their life are then transferred onto you. And then they say in your soul, you can never break from that person until you go for deliverance. And then that deliverance will then sever the soul tie. Now, sometimes deliverance is somebody just praying for you, somebody who is in spiritual authority. And I did the air quotes thing, all right? So somebody who's in spiritual authority will pray for you and break that soul tie. Sometimes it goes deeper than that. The soul tie goes deeper than that. So you need to sow a seed. You need to give an offering in order to assist in the breaking of the soul tie. I'm trying not to laugh here. It sounds so ridiculous, but I believed this for a minute. But I believed it because it's what we were taught and as young people that you've got to be careful of soul ties. So if somebody comes from a background of extreme poverty and you are intimate with them, you then inherit that in your soul and now poverty is on your life. Those are the kind of things that we were taught and you are bound to that person forever and a soul tie is not easily broken. That's what we taught. Now, I got a problem with that. Okay, now why I believed in that teaching of soul ties is, number one, I trusted everyone that stood behind a pulpit. Everyone that stood behind a pulpit, I trusted what they had to say because I was under the assumption that somebody is standing behind the pulpit because God put them there. When you're young and in church, you don't realize that people put themselves behind the pulpit. It's not always God that is putting people there. I trusted that God put them there. So I trusted that individual that whatever they are saying is true, is true. And secondly, because I did not read my Bible when I was a young boy, don't believe everything you hear in church. Don't believe everything that you hear that is supposed to be Christian on the internet. Don't believe in what I'm telling you. Go and search it out. Read the Bible for yourself. No, be certain that this person is telling me the truth. Don't just embrace everything because it comes from the pulpit. Martin Luther King Jr. said, not everything that comes from the pulpit 
is true. You've got to be careful. And we just embrace these teachings. And what happens is we grew up now being taught about soul ties and what a soul tie is and that there's a possibility that you have a soul tie. And then we absorb that false information. And as we grow into ministry as well, we regurgitate the exact same thing and we deceive the next generation. And the deception goes on from generation to generation. But then you read the Bible. Then you read the Bible. So let's see what the Bible says about all this mess. Okay, let me just open up scripture. I just want to read a few scriptures, then we're going to end up in um, Corinthians. All right, we'll end up in Corinthians. So let's start in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. This is from the NIV. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. So this is Adam when he's given his wife. He says the two of them, a man leaves his mother and father, is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. He mentions nothing about the spirit. He mentions nothing about the soul. He says they become one in flesh. All right, this is important. Listen to what the Bible says. All right, Mark chapter 10, verse 8 to 9, King James Version. Sorry about the random Bible versions. Mark chapter 10, verse 8 and 9. He says, And the twain shall be one flesh. So then there are no more twain, two, okay, twain is two, but one flesh. What God has joined together, let no man put asunder. So a couple joining together in marriage become one flesh, okay? Again, remember we read in Genesis, talks about becoming one flesh and now again he says that you become one flesh. In Ephesians chapter 5 um, verse 31 and this is the King James Version, so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself, for no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it even as the Lord the church, for we are members of his body, of his flesh, of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. Okay, can you see that? So the two shall become what? One flesh. There's nothing about souls being united and souls being merged together. There's nothing about that. There's nothing about souls being merged together. When you're talking about soul ties, a lot of the teaching on soul ties comes from the book of Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 32, where the Bible says, But whosoever committeth adultery with the woman lacketh understanding, he that doeth it destroyeth his own soul. It's talking about the destruction of your soul, not the binding of your soul to that woman. It's very important to understand the union in intimacy, sexual intimacy between a man and a woman is the coming together of flesh. There is nothing spiritual about two people engaging in a fleshly act. Somebody once taught that when a married couple are intimate, it is the same as worshipping God. No, it is not. All right, because, and I say it is not because there is no scripture to say that so and so was intimate with so and so and the Lord took it as worship. There is a way you worship God and that is not it. There is nothing spiritual about a carnal 
act. It is permitted, all right, but there's nothing spiritual. The only thing that you have to do is keep your marriage bed pure, keep the honor of the marriage bed, but there is nothing spiritual about performing the act. We've got to understand that. So there's no souls being bound together. There's no union of souls. There's no binding together of your spirit with somebody. There's no transference of demons. The only thing that you possibly get a transference of from another individual is maybe an STI. That is the only transference that happens. But again, that is a fleshly result of a fleshly act. You understand? There's nothing spiritual about it. We've got to get this clear. So if you have been a person before you were saved, if you were busy out there and you know, as, as a young man, you, you felt your freedom gave you permission to go and check oil everywhere across the country, you know, and then you come to Christ. It doesn't mean because you were intimate with, let's say, 500 women, that now you have 500 demons from 500 women and 500 curses. It is not spiritual. Ritual. You are bound in the flesh. It is an act to bring you to be one flesh. You heard. All right, let's let's move on. Now, if we go to the book of First Corinthians, chapter six. Okay, let's go to First Corinthians, chapter six, and let's read from verse fifteen. In fact, let's read from verse twelve. You may say, "I am not. I am allowed to do anything," but I reply. Not everything is good for you. This is the New Living Translation. And even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. You say food is for the stomach and the stomach for food. This is true. Though someday God will do away with both of them, but our bodies were not made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord and the Lord cares about our bodies. So yes, food is for the stomach, the stomach is for food, but our bodies were not made for sexual immorality. They were made as a vessel of praise to God. They were made as tools to use to glorify the Father. He says, and the Lord cares about our bodies, and God will raise our bodies from the dead by His marvelous power, just as He raised our Lord from the dead. Don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? Should a man take his body which belongs to Christ and join it to a prostitute? Never. And don't you know that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he has it here, listen to this, he becomes one body with her. For the scripture says the two are united into one. Now, I'm just giving you the New Living Translation here. Then we're going to go back to the King James Version. I just want you to see this. Now listen to this, verse 17, 1 Corinthians 6 verse 17. But the person who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. There we go. Because, listen to me, because God is spirit, you are joined in spirit with God. But because a woman or a man is flesh, you are joined in flesh with them. Now listen to this. Run away from sexual sin. No other sin clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual 
immorality is a sin against your own body do you not know that your body is the temple of the holy spirit who lives in you and who was given to you by god you do not belong to yourself for god bought you with a high price so you must honor god with your body so the only thing that you are doing when you commit sexual sin is that you are sinning against your own body and you are sinning against God who bought you with the price because you are not your own and you are dirtying the temple of the holy ghost which is in you let me read from the king james version because it gives a bit of a punch i was reading from the new living translation just for you to get a basic understanding but listen to this all things are lawful unto me but all things are not expedient all things are lawful for me but i will not be brought under the power of any meats for the belly and the belly for meats but god shall destroy both it and them now the body is not for fornication but for the lord and the lord for the body you've got to take care of your body you've got to keep your body pure don't indulge in carnal sin because your body is not yours your body belongs to the lord and a lot of us need to hear this because a lot of us have abused our bodies i'm talking talking about obesity i'm talking about gluttony i'm talking about drug abuse alcohol abuse you know all substance abuse i'm talking about sexual immorality i'm talking about tattoos i'm talking about piercings all these things that we do to our body while we are believers does not bring honor to god everything that you do with your body has to be to glorify god okay and god hath both raised up the lord and will also raise us up by his own power know ye not that your bodies are the members of christ shall i then take the members of christ and make them the members of an harlot god forbid what know ye not that that which is joined to a harlot is one body two saith he shall become one flesh but he that is joined unto the lord is one spirit flee fornication every sin that a man does is without the body but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body what know ye not that your body is the temple of the holy ghost which is in you which ye have of god are ye sorry and ye are not your own for you are bought with a price therefore glorify god in your body and in your spirit which are god's so your body and spirit belong to god but there's it there there is no such thing as a soul tie there is no such thing as a spiritual or soul union with another individual because you have committed adultery or fornication or even been married to them you don't become one super spiritual entity you know like uh, like a dragon ball z fusion or something that is not how it it works when you commit fornication and when you commit adultery you are sinning against god and you are sinning against your own body and you are united in flesh with that 
person that you are committing the sin with. There is nothing about a soul being tied to that individual. We've got to get into our Bibles. You've got to keep your body pure. You've got to preserve your body as a vessel to glorify God. You cannot be careless with your body. You cannot commit sin with your body. Remember, he says there clearly that your body belongs to the Lord. So everything that is done with the body must bring glory to God. We do not cause impurity to the body. You understand, you are sinning, you are bringing destruction on your own self when you are immoral sexually. But there's nothing in scripture about a soul being joined together. When you talk about a soul being joined together, there's only one instance I can think of, and that's where the Bible says that Jonathan and David were joined in soul, and David loved Jonathan. That's got nothing to do with physical intimacy, nothing. It's about a deep love that we can only understand through the eyes of God the way Christ loved us. For, for the, He says there's no greater love than this, than a man who's willing to lay down his life for a friend. It is not a physical love. It is a deep spiritual love. Just talking about soul ties. And let me shut this down because I think we understand. When you go through the Bible, there is no evidence that when you are intimate with somebody, whether it's your wife or whether it's in fornication or adultery, that you are joined in the spirit or the soul. There is only one instance where your soul is united with an individual, and that is when you are united with the Lord. You become one in spirit with the Lord. Jesus says in John 17, 21, that all of them may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. Romans 8, 9 says, you're not controlled by your flesh, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in in you. And he goes on to say, if you do not have the Spirit of Christ, you do not belong to Christ. So in order for you to have a union with Christ, you must be crucified with Christ. Okay, you must die to self and then Christ lives a life in you so that the life which you live in your body will be by faith in the Son of God. And this is according to Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. So only spiritual actions cause a spiritual union with God, but fleshly actions or carnal actions cause a carnal union. Listen to me, my people out there. And you've, if you've heard, you've got to spread this word, okay? There is no such thing as a soul tie. You are out there committing fornication and adultery. You are sinning. You are living in sin and you need to repent through and in the name of Jesus Christ, our risen Lord and Savior. But you are not bound spiritually to anybody. It is not a spiritual act. It is a physical act. I hope you heard. I hope you understand. Let's get rid of deception in the church because this kind of deception has lived on for decades in the church. Let's get rid of deception in the church. And this is how we do it. We read our Bibles. We pray before we read our Bibles and we read our Bibles and we let the Holy Spirit lead us. And listen to me, people. Stop trying.
trying to interpret scripture all the time. Take the Bible for what it says. Take the Bible at face value. And when something needs interpretation, you interpret it with other scripture. Scripture interprets scripture. You don't come up with some with some fantasy in your head and say, God is telling me that this verse means this. No, we don't do that. We don't do that. We take the scripture at face value. Not everything in the Bible means something else. I hope you understand. But like I was saying, let's overcome deception in the church. Read your Bible. Read your Bible every day. Pray. Meditate on the word. Know the word. Let the word be written in your heart. And most importantly, practice what you know. There is power when you obey the word. God bless you. This has been the Bible Truth Podcast. And I've been Dom Pullen. Please check out the YouTube channel. It's at Donovan Pullen on YouTube, not School of Obedience. We had to make a change there for certain reasons, but it's at Donovan Pullen on YouTube. And um, please check it out. There's the Patreon link in, in, in the description. Please, if you can, support us however you can. It's so important because it helps us to be constant in what we are doing. It helps us to be constant and we need better equipment. And that's it. God bless you. Remember, as true disciples of Jesus Christ, we learn, we practice, and we teach because that's the only way to do it. I'm out.